It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Trying to think of something that's a little bit different, but you know, I thought I thought like, like you were, <laughs> I thought you were like, like looking at me. Silence. It's like, like I thought you were you were like looking at me like Kevin. Why don't you say hello? Like, and I'm like, I don't I don't have anything, man. What, it's like, what do I say? <laughs> it's just the nothing there, line. nothing coming. <laughs> just like like a dried up well, you know. It's like <laughs> you like hit record and then and then like you looked at me. <laughs> it was like a moment of panic. I'm like, am I supposed to say hello? Hello, yeah. hello, welcome. <laughs> Here we are. Hello. We made it. Ah. We made it. We have oh, we've man. gotten here. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome. Episode uh, 191. 191. We got a great interview yeah. lined up today. Uh, and it's really good. It's shorter than I wish it uh, would have been because yeah, and, and it had it was, a lot was, of information there. But And uh, it was my fault. And uh, since we have a little bit more on the front, a uh, little bit more time on the front end, I can explain, you know, we, uh, if you've been listening to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast for any length of time, you know that um, my church, Laurelwood Baptist Church in Vancouver, Washington, we have been undergoing a building project, a a repair slash remodel, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're on the very tail end, and we've been waiting to get our temporary occupancy, and uh, today... Uh, the building inspector came. He was supposed to come on Friday. Um, there was miscommunication. So then he was going to come on Monday. Well, apparently he came on Monday at 4 o'clock after the superintendent had already left for oh. the day. And then uh, he was backlogged on Tuesday. And so, you know, it's just like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Right. So finally today, Wednesday, he's like, okay, I'll be there in the morning. I'll be there in the morning. I'm getting ready to leave <laughs> to come here. Right. And, you know, it takes me like 25 minutes or so to, to right. get over here. And it's like right at the 25-minute mark. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if I rush it, I can get here in 20, but it's more like 25. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm leaving right now. And as I'm pulling out, um, I see the uh, the superintendent uh, from our construction company. Mm-hmm. He's like flagging me down. <laughs> and he's like, come over here, come over here. Anyway, the building inspector from the county had these questions about the stage. We had the kind of like low-hanging beam. And he was like, you know, can you put reflective tape up here? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We can do that. He's like, also, we need a rail right here. I'm like, okay, like we can, you know, get some people to build that. And anyway, so he gave us a temporary occupancy, which we're thrilled about mm-hmm. um, because this has been a two-year process. And uh, anyway, but because of that, I was late getting yeah. here. The interview with William was I a little bit shorter. I do not like building inspectors. It's oh, just, my man, goodness. There's just something about them that just makes me want to, like, punch him in the face, you know, in the name yeah, of Jesus. Like, in the name of Jesus. Like, you know, and I really hope there's no building inspectors who are listening to this. Like, yeah, it's there not, probably are. Uh, you know, it's not personal. It's just like, 
they always find something wrong. And then, like, they have so much power. That's the, right. that's the yeah. scary part. They like, have here's all this, this one power. little teeny tiny thing. And I'm not going to give you the whole thing because right. of this because one of little thing. Because of this one really? thing. Really? It's like. Well, and, and we were lucky that we had filed for temporary occupancy because mm-hmm. there were some other things that aren't done yet. Like, we have this stage that kind of folds up and, and we don't have that ready. We have mm-hmm. the. Uh, the HVAC, uh, the compressor farm for like the the air conditioning units, mm-hmm. it's all done. Uh, but the units aren't in, mm-hmm. so we'd already filed for temporary. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, like because of temporary, as long as it's not like a, a matter of life and death and fire and safety type mm-hmm. stuff, like as long as all that stuff is good, they'll usually give you temporary. Right. But anyway, but hey, it, congratulations. Yeah, it has been. It's like it's coming uh, to a close. It's wrapping up. Yep. And you just got these few little things left yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. So we got so officially as of today, we have, we got our temporary occupancy. Praise the Lord. Uh, we can have church on Sunday. We can have youth group in there. Mm-hmm. We got to fix a few things: the stage, the the air conditioning units, uh, the you know the the reflective tape and right. the, whatever. And so you know, I'm so thrilled. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because like it's done, mm-hmm. but it still feels like there's so much to do. Right? You know, <laughs> like. like- is this like, thing that's finished ever going to be done? I oh, say. totally. I mean, we've been meeting in the fellowship hall for two years, man. Mm-hmm. Two years. And again, for those listening uh, who have been a part of this journey, when it first all went down, uh, it was supposed to be like a six-month process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we spent nine to ten months in in anguish, uh, just anguishing over trying to get our building permits approved Just again wrestling with the county yeah again yep. the the county literally mm-hmm. and and it wasn't the county necessarily what they do i guess i've learned all this is they have more um they have more building plans to approve than they have people to do it so they kind of hire out third-party engineers to look it over and so we got stuck with a third-party engineer who just could not wrap his head around our building hmm. and he's he had endless questions he was never satisfied he he could not like he couldn't yeah i hope he's not listening <laughs> i doubt he is but you know what i mean like yeah. like he just i won't name him but he just he he couldn't he wasn't okay with our building mm-hmm. and so for nine months nine months we went back and forth while the building sat empty and vacant just waiting mm-hmm. just waiting right um and I'm like, how does one person have that I know, much power? I know. It's ah! awful. It's like, you know, the that's one of the things, you know, we're kind of stuck on what we can do here because if we do anything else, if we add on to the building, which we're not planning on doing, but if we were to do that, we'd have like hundreds of thousands of dollars of work to do to the old building. Oh, to bring it up to code. To bring it up to code yep. so we could add on. It's like, but we don't get to do anything until we do, you know, that that adding on stuff. And, you know, the church down the street faced the same thing. And, yep. you know, they made them do all this other, like, oh. just, you know, like uh, groundwater stuff and sidewalks oh. and all of these things that just have no impact on the kingdom, right? It's just like, it's like we just have to throw away hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to do what we're trying to do to reach people and build it. You know, so it's I guess it just makes me really want to go down and grab somebody by the throat. You it's know, tough. It's, and, it's, and again, you know, like I know they're trying to do their jobs and I appreciate that, but I mean, come on, nine months going back and mm-hmm. forth while the building sat empty. So finally, you know, finally a year from when we moved out, uh, you know, after nine months with this one guy, we were able to convince the county to review it themselves because we're like, hey, we're not making any progress mm-hmm. with this this third party engineer. Mm-hmm. 
they reviewed it two months later. Right. It was it was yeah. done. You know, like two months later, they they approved it. Mm-hmm. So then, a, basically, a year after we vacated the building, they finally started working on right. it. And and then everything took a lot longer than mm-hmm. expected, and there was which cost. is typical. But you yeah. know, you you expect that in construction. Yeah. You don't, you don't expect, expect that a, 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 a 100% permit. delay. Yeah, a permit process. <laughs> Before you get started. So, and But it was the same thing. Yeah. So we had, we had originally looked at this project as a repair project. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then, you know, the county started looking at this. Well, this isn't a repair. You're actually remodeling. So because you're remodeling, you got to bring it up to code. And so then that's mm-hmm. when things took longer because yeah. we're kind of like going back and forth with the county. We're having to redraw plans. Mm-hmm. We're having we're having to update our entire fire system, right. you know, um, because we have smoke alarms, but we didn't have like the visual strobe lights in each room. We have neither. You know, so you got to add those in. <laughs> I mean, that's like $20,000. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, we found out that the floor, that concrete slab was saturated with water. We had to do this like floor remediation that like sealed the whole thing mm. uh, before we could put down our flooring, and that that was like a ridiculous. Um, it was like right. two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I'm like, what universe do we live in yeah. where to seal a floor from the from the the moisture saturation costs that much money? Right. <gasps> Yeah, anyway. but it's done. It's done. You're done. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, done, done-ish. Yeah, so now we're just in the process of, of basically moving back into that room, and there's still kind of a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. But we got occupancy, nice. like literally yeah. today, cool. this morning. Cool. Thank you, God. Well, so now that uh, now that you've spent our time, or we've spent your time listening to us complain about our woes with the, uh, we've got a great, really, and it really is, if you're if you're still listening, I'm sure you are, it's a great, great interview, and it just scratches the surface of a topic that's really very important to me in our church right now, so um, I would just, you know, encourage you to listen and and go ahead and pull up the website theologyofwork.org. You're going you're gonna to want that resource in front of you as you yeah. listen to this podcast, but here's our interview with William Messenger. Well, hello, everyone. We are here with William Messenger and uh, jumping right into the podcast. Hey, William, nice to have you here today. How are you? Thanks. Great to be here. Good. Hey, real quick, would you just introduce yourself to us and to our audience and kind of give us a little bit of your history and and uh, who you are and get us uh, get break the ice a little bit, if you will. Be glad to. Uh, currently, I'm serving as executive editor of the Theology of Work Project. Uh, and that's an independent organization uh, that helps uh, develop resources for applying Christian faith to ordinary work. Uh, uh, I'm uh, a pastor, although not serving a church now because of this work being full-time. Um, and before I became a pastor in my mid-30s, I was uh, in business. Started at IBM as a salesman uh, and then worked in the biotech industry. Uh, so I've got a family here in Massachusetts uh, with two grown daughters and um uh, my lovely wife Kim. Wow. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Um, this is this is a topic that, uh, in particular, interests me. This is a, a kind of a strategic move we're making at our church and helping people really think about this topic. How their 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 job, their workplace, is also a, is is a purpose of God in their life. That yeah. That they're not there by accident. God wants to use that. So, would you kind of just expound on that idea off the top? Well, the idea that uh, work is not just something we do sort of because uh, we got to eat until, you know, Christ calls us home to some immaterial place. Uh, you know, that's uh, I mean, it's a common fallacy that to read the Bible that way or to 
were to think that's what the Christian faith is, it wouldn't be very biblical to think that. <laughs> uh, but it's a common, you know, it's a common uh, fallacy. Uh, but actually, you know, a good, a good biblical reading is that we were created in the image of God, who's a worker. That's the first thing we learn about God in the Bible, is his work is in creation. Uh, but not only that, we're actually, it, you know, we're actually put in the garden and given the work of tending it and caring for it. Uh, and God also says, be, be fruitful and multiply, which I think is about multiplying people, but also about making the work of a fruitful place and, and sort of multiplying the creativity of God. Uh, so, you know, I think a biblical view is that uh, work is essential to what it means to be a human. That's not the same necessarily as a paid job. There are lots of other kinds of work besides right. paid jobs. Uh, and moreover, God calls people to all kinds of work. I mean, in the Bible, there are callings to all kinds of work, not just pastor or, or preacher or priest or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, God gives gifts, skills, abilities, and uh, what you could call spiritual gifts uh, for all kinds of work. Right. Now, question for you, William. So Theology of Work Project, what, from what I understand, you guys offer a, a lot of different things, devotionals, articles, uh, some other resources, and you do it all for free. Um, so what what's kind of the vision that led towards this idea, doing all this work, making it available? What, what was behind all that? The vision that we're part of is a vision that every Christian who works, which essentially means every Christian, you know, above, work, above you know, some small age, yeah. if you consider work broadly enough, every Christian who works would be equipped, motivated, committed, empowered to do their work uh, the way God intends or as Christian service. Uh, and so in order to make that happen, well, I'd say, first of all, most Christians are not getting that kind of equipping right now, neither by their churches nor their families or any of the places of Christian formation. So to be part of that vision <laughs> means reaching, you know, every Christian who works, of which there are maybe 100 million, 150 million in, in America. Right. Yeah. Uh, so at first, you know, we thought we'd do this in book form because you can, you know, get paid for books <laughs> and it helps support the ministry. But we, you know, we realized that it's just too big of a task, right. uh, you know, to, to accomplish in print. And we discovered almost by accident that people were coming to our website, which we kind of use for internal purposes, just to share drafts as we were writing them. We found that people were actually finding us uh, and accessing our resources there. So we, we kind of shifted our strategy to say, let's try to deliver everything electronically where like we had a couple, almost 2 million people last year access our resources. Wow. You just can't get that kind of reach um, by selling books, you right. know, unless you're J.K. Rowling, which right. it turns out we're not. <laughs> uh, now, that meant finding, you know, very uh, some very generous donors. But but there are a lot of people who believe in this, uh, this task. Uh, and, you know, we've been in touch with a, a few of them who've been supporting us very generously. Well, and, and that's such a... What a blessing and what a great thing to be able to have that kind of support. Now, I imagine people who are listening right now, they're thinking to themselves, wow, like, I'd love to be able to, you know, see these resources, uh, you know, the devotionals, the commentaries, the, the articles. Where do they find this information? Maybe even right now as they're listening, they can uh, access this, uh, this stuff. Uh, great. It's www.theologyofwork.org. Perfect. Uh, or you could just Google theology of work, and we'll come up, if not first, pr pretty high on pretty high on the page. Yeah. So uh, and I guess I should say that the heart of what we do is this is a Bible commentary. So you know, our, the task we set for ourselves is, well, what does the Bible say about work? 
Uh, and we, we're not aware of any attempt ever that's been made to go through the Bible page by page and ask, you know, what does this say, if anything, about work? Wow. And it took us seven, seven years to do that with a team of around 20 people from around the world. Wow. Well, 20, 20 on the editorial board and then another almost 100 who contributed uh-huh. in one way or another. Mm. So, you know, a big project leading to almost 900 passages that we've, that we've covered uh, that we thought had something to contribute to ordinary work. Wow. Uh, so that's the heart of it. Now, not everybody's ready to read a Bible commentary, right? It's not a genre that that everybody's ready to to read. So that's why we've been adapting the material for devotionals and small group studies and uh, po- uh, uh, blog posts and uh, you know social media as well. Wow. Yeah. And and you know how how amazing to hear that you know twenty people seven years. I mean, you put a lot of time and a lot of work into this, which you know I, I think really resonates at least with me this idea of how important this is. Yeah, and kind of getting right on on that idea, um, what would you say are some of the best you know Bible passages that talk about this idea and and this biblical perspective, this God ordained perspective of work? You know, I've begun to think of uh, Bible, you know, encountering the Bible from the perspective of work is kind of a core or one hundred and one kind of stuff, and then you know post one hundred and one, and so I think some of the passages I mentioned. The, the, the core teaching that, you know, work is good, uh, even though it's been tainted by the fall, will it work as part of God's purposes for us, that we're called to all kind of vocations. I think I mentioned some of those those passages. I guess, you know, Moses being called not to be a priest, that was his brother who was a priest, but to be a political leader, you know, would, would be one of the you know great calling passages, for instance. Uh, and then the gifts, the passages about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit for the work of church, but many of the gifts mm. that are named uh, are also outside of church, a teacher, uh, administrator, a gift of uh, what's called helps, for instance. And that so you'd find those in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 uh, and the other sort of Romans. Uh, I'm not I'm not good on chapter and verse memorization. <laughs> uh, R- Romans 4, uh, some of the other gifts that are described. Uh, and, and then um, the very end of the Bible also ends with uh, the nations, this is Revelation chapter 22, the nations bringing their glory into the new city, right? So the city of God comes down from heaven and in, into a renewed and transformed earth, and the nations bring their glory, which I take to mean not just singing praises, mm. but actually the products of what they've been working on into the new city. And the city continues on, on earth, not in some kind of spiritual space. Mm. So those kind of form the bookends of a... I guess a theology, an overall theology of work. Yeah. I'd now, say some of my favorite passages, though, are the ones that get down to the nitty gritty, like conflict. Conflict at work is one of the major fa- major obstacles Christians and everybody else yeah. says they face at work. Uh, and you know, Jesus taught a great uh, conflict resolution process, uh, math, which is Matthew um, eighteen fifteen through seventeen. You know, if a brother sins against you, go 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 to that brother or sister and be reconciled. You know, go directly to the person you're having conflict with, mm-hmm. not talk about them behind their back right. or undercut or undercut their work. Uh, another one, I'll just say one more that I really love is all of Ruth chapter two. Uh, mm-hmm. In chapter two of Ruth, um, a landowner named Boaz provides a, a work opportunity for an immigrant named Ruth, uh, which is what he was supposed to do according to the law of Israel. But the way he integrates her into her work team and helps cross train her on different kinds of agricultural work. Uh, in uh, ancient Israel, it's just a great model of how uh, 
business, really, because he's a small businessman, uh, you know, can can help offer opportunities for everybody to do productive work and support their families. Right. Now, i got to ask, since you're talking about that idea of, you know, how this can help shape business people, understanding the uh, theology of work, how would you say this kind of impacts and shapes the roles of pastors and leaders in churches? You know, a lot of people who listen to our podcast uh, they're they're leaders or worship leaders are in ministry. They're doing pastoral. So this theology of work, how does that kind of shape and define some of what we do in church leadership? So I guess the the fundamental idea here is that uh, churches are where Christians are equipped or trained or formed to go about life in Christ. And since you're spending 40, 50, 30, 20, whatever, 100 hours a week it is in work of various kinds— if you're not being formed and equipped to live the Christian faith in your work, it's doubtful whether you're really being formed to live the Christian faith at all. Mm-hmm. So we kind of take it as a given that the pa- the pastor and the church take formation for work, uh, or should, as one of the key tasks of the time when the church is gathered, uh, including worship time. Now, when churches first sort of pay you know attention to this, uh, they often do it through a sermon series or some kind of a special focus on work, maybe a retreat or something, which is wonderful, especially for that kind of core teaching. But what really makes a difference in people's lives is not one sermon series, but, you know, week by week, you know, drip feeding, you might call mm-hmm. it, you, you know, like in agriculture. So, you know, if we can help a sermon, I mean, a pastor, every time they preach, think about, okay, how would this apply to work, ordinary work, uh, and spend two minutes uh, you know, or one minute on an example or a concept uh, in every sermon, or at least in every sermon that covers one of the 900 passages that, you know, that we've written about, <laughs> right. which is, but by the way, that would be like enough for 17 years of sermons. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd, so I'd, I'd much rather see a pastor talk a little bit about work every week, and we, you know, we can help him do that because we cover both a, a lot of passages and a lot of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, likewise with small groups. So that's why now we're working with um, eight or nine churches and ministries to develop small group materials, like, you know, uh, modules, like a one-week module on each for something like ambition or bad boss uh, or conflict at work Mm -hmm. or, you know, performance review coming up uh, or um, feeling bored at at work, the kind of things that people really face. And again, if that's just something that could be in the mix of things a small group does week after week or a few times a year, make a big difference. But the other one, the one that pastors—I've talked to about 80 pastors in the last 15 months about how they could use our materials, asking them. What they've said is, you know what I really need is worship materials. I have this uh, i have this terrible feeling that I may be preaching a sermon with a great application or you know, how bus driver's work matters to God or an accountant or whatever. But then we sing a song, you know, especially like an old-fashioned song like, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus— and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. You know, I sort of feel like maybe I'm undermining all the uh, undermining my own sermon. Right. Uh, so we've begun collecting prayers, um, songs, uh, hymns, liturgies for churches that are more liturgical that have uh, you know workplace elements in them. Uh, we've got a collection of several hundred at this point. We didn't write any of them, but they they turn out to be out there. I think that's probably. Well, as a as a pastor, I hate to admit this, but I think Christians probably are formed more by what they sing mm-hmm. than by what I preach about. Right. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to see more attention to this. 
And and I'm assuming William. Uh, so all this available on the website, these liturgical prayers, um, all this is available at the uh, theologyofwork.org. Yes, and we have a special section for pastors. Uh, so uh, you know we have just a little button, you know, say you know, for pastors, basically click here, and that we try to organize that by the things that pastors are already doing. So there's a sermon section, a worship and music section, a small group section. Uh, and it's kind of kind of other ideas kind of section wow. to help pastors get right away to the things that would be most valuable to them. Yeah, I'm interested. Have you heard of the uh, organization called Made to Flourish? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a member of Made to Flourish Are myself. You? Great, wow. yeah. Well, there we go. Um, so we've been, um, we there's some of our stuff that they've linked to on their website. We meet with them once a month to kind of share ideas, mm. and we've worked on some um, potential curriculum together. They're a fantastic source of uh, resources and connection too, because they have these. Uh, you know, they, each city they're they're trying to put a a little organization in each city for pastors to come together. So here in Boston, the Made to Flourish group gets together several times a year to just share mm-hmm. ideas, what's working, mm-hmm. what's not working, what do we need help with. Yeah. It's a fantastic uh, tool. Well, we've got just two minutes left here of your time. What would you just kind of leave us on uh, encouraging us as we? Because a lot of our listeners are volunteers who think that their main ministry is what they do on Sundays when the reality is their main ministry is what they do outside of here. How would you encourage us as we we leave and part ways here to uh, go out and do and apply this to our lives in the week ahead? Well, you know, the thing that's been amazing to me is how much the Bible actually does say about work and how much of it's truly useful. (laughs) I guess when when I was a salesman, for instance, I was afraid of passages like, blessed are the meek, because I thought, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not supposed to be meek as a salesman. I'm supposed to, you know, get out there and, you know, <laughs> yeah. move the product. Right. Uh, but, but you know, upon studying the the Bible, you know, with my colleagues and and, and you know, collecting other people's stories, uh, you know, what I think I've learned what that passage means, for example, is meekness in a in a business means listening to everybody, regardless of their rank or status. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, rather than being the dictator who just imposes your will. Well, it turns out that's not just biblical. That's a, <laughs> That's a great way to, you know, to be a, a business person, or, right. you know, or a salesman or a leader. So I've just been really encouraged by how, uh, this shouldn't be surprising, should it? But I've been encouraged by, you know, how much better life is in in work, even the work of business, uh, you know, the more I understand the Bible and try to apply it. Wow. Well, William, thank you so much. I mean, clearly yes. not enough time to to even scratch the surface here. So listeners, and myself included, go to theologyofwork.org. .org. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a wealth, wealth of information there, and it's just a, a, a good tool to get you started on this topic. And I would encourage, as a pastor, to my fellow pastors out there, uh, really think about this issue, because we tend to focus on the idea of building our churches and the organization of the church, when really the best thing to build the kingdom of God is what happens outside our church on Sunday mornings, and how are we equipping and sending our people out Monday through Saturday to do the mission of God and the world around them. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, William. Thank you for your time, William. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, hey. Hey. We're back. I yeah, just, I, I just, uh, I, this is going to gross everyone out, but I just picked a scab on my arm. I just, I, uh, I was David, telling Kevin, I can't. I can't not, when it starts coming off, like, I can't leave it alone. Okay, you don't need to tell everyone about that. But, anyway, uh, William. 
Um, no, great, great yeah. stuff. And and again, my apologies to uh, William and the podcast world for being late because of the building inspector, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to rehash that. But, you know, I, I loved the stuff he shared. I mean, just that whole idea that, you know, while you work, which is like most Christians, as he said, who are basically of age, you mm-hmm. know, um, there's this whole theology, and there's all these verses. What did he say? Nine hundred verses, right. yep. seven years, twenty people gathering stuff on this. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's that's like legit doing like some real massively significant. Mass- yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I really appreciate what he was what he was sharing, and um, you know, I was I was thinking about it in connection with our conversation to start off the podcast. I was like, you know, I was just thinking. You know, how different would it have been for your experience if you just had a, you know, a Christian, a fellow believer that was mm. just kind of, they wanted to, you know, they wanted their work to glorify God. And it's like, you know, we're just going to make this work as best we can, as quick as we, you know, how different would that experience have been for you yeah. in that process? And oh, thinking man. about us and our role as believers in the workplace, how can, how can we make people's lives better just by the way we work, right? Yeah. I mean, even if, you know, you're a cashier at, at a grocery store. You know, how can you make people's lives better? How can you shine for Christ in that moment? As opposed to like my experience, most of the time, if I ask how the, how the checkers doing and try to engage in some conversation, it usually ends up, oh, it's been a long day. Right. I'm tired. I've been standing on my feet. I'm here, to, you know, I'm here past the time I was supposed to leave, you know, right. just waiting to get off and you know, so on and so forth. It's like, well, if you're in that position, how can you make, you know, how can you engage me in a way that's going to uplift and encourage me as opposed to like bringing my day down, you know, because you've yeah. had a long day and. You know, I, I just think there's so much to that for us as as Christ followers, and we're actually getting ready to en- embark and engage in this in a, in a whole huge, massive level as a church. This is going to be like a major part of who we are mm. uh, moving forward. You know, because like you know, we want we want people to shine. We we call it you know, say live a life that shines. And yeah. where where are you going to be in the darkness more? throughout the course of a week than at work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe your family, maybe your neighborhood, but really in the workplace, as you're working, you're going to have this opportunity to to live a life that shines in front of people who live very dark lives most of the time. Yeah, and totally. and so how can you how can you capitalize on that opportunity to to live a kingdom minded life in front of and sadly I think most of us kind of adapt into the darkness, right? Like we hide our light under the bushel, you know, and it's like we, we want to kind of put the light out so we don't draw a lot of attention to ourselves because then it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. But what if we saw that as a strategic opportunity to really live for Christ in those in those areas? And how would that affect us as worship pastors and worship leaders, right? If, if we're living for Christ because we're not, we're, you know, most of us aren't full time. Most of us aren't getting paid to do what we're doing. What if we live for Christ and we start seeing people that we're living for Christ come to Christ and they come and worship at our yeah. church as we're, you know, leading worship. I mean, isn't that, well, don't you want that, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, Look at you, you're preaching again, I know, man. It's just, I can't preaching. help it. But I, I just think, I think there's so much to this topic in particular and we'd just love to see it, it really take hold too, you know, and, and, uh, really make a, make an impact on our thinking. Yeah. Good but, stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I've been preaching too much, you know, yeah, my voice. Yeah. But that, that's all the time we have for today. We'll let you go. 
uh, for this episode. You can find us online, worshipministrycatalyst.com, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, and facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst. Or you can send an email. Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can give us a review on iTunes, which we greatly appreciate. Or you can send a text to 360-818-4339. Which we actually got a text yeah, you're uh, gonna from hear a about guy on in, the uh, next episode. Uh, yeah. Was it Indiana? Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you for the shout out. And yeah, if you send us a text, we'll probably shout it out. Yeah. Nice. So until next time. Bye-bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst.